0: Uh, This morning, we're going to look at Psalm 23, the responsibilities of the elders. So please read along with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All men are like grass, and their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade. But not the word of the Lord. It stands forever. Uh, as you guys, most of you know, I grew up on a farm in Coweta. And so when you grow up on a farm, there's just always work to do. It's not really an option. Uh, and our, one, of my, one of my earliest memories of work uh, was waking up on a Saturday morning and my mom getting me ready to go hay cattle with my grandpa. You know, put on the jeans, put on the, the jacket, the boots, the gloves, all that stuff. I wait by the door as grandpa comes to pick me up in his work truck. We went to the barn. We loaded the hay bales in the barn. I'm sure I probably tried to lift them, but couldn't. And I'm sure, you know, my grandpa did all the lifting, and I just kind of put my hands on the bale. Uh, Then we went to the gas station to pick up snacks, uh, pop, and candy, because, you know, you couldn't work without pop and candy, right? So then we go to the pasture, and so he takes me, and he puts me in the back end of the truck, and he clips the baling wire off the hay bales, and we kick the hay around in the back end of the truck, and he lets down the tailgate. So what he would do is he would drive through the field and he would honk the horn. And as he would honk the horn, the cattle would come to eat and I would kick the hay out of the back end of the truck so the cattle could feed on the hay. We did that all the way through the field till all the hay was gone. And then we'd stop and eat our snacks together. And after that, we'd make a pass around the field to check the fence, to make sure that the fence isn't down so the cattle can't get out because they're always doing that sort of thing, right? And then at the end, you would... You you scan the perimeter and then come back to the gate where you would shut the gate and lock the gate and then leave. In the course of that process, right, you are caring for your cattle. I thought this was awesome. It was it was a great time for me to be with my grandpa, to learn how to work, and to get some peanut M and M's and Coke. What I didn't know at the time, what my grandpa probably didn't know, is that he was preparing me to be a sheep in God's flock and to be a shepherd of God's people. Because everything that we did in that little job was similar to what I do as a pastor and what we do as sheep in God's flock. You see, a cattle rancher and a shepherd or an elder is responsible for knowing, feeding, leading, and protecting their animals. And so this morning, as we look at the responsibilities of elders, what I want you to see is that an elder knows his sheep, feeds his sheep, leads his sheep, and protects his sheep. Four points, I know. It's okay. I'll shorten them. An elder knows, leads, feeds, and protects his sheep. Now, that doesn't seem so hard, but it is because those things all require relationships. You see, we are fundamentally relational beings because we're created in a God who is relational. And so for us to be fully formed humans, we have to live in relationship. We have to live in community. But relationships are hard because sin causes shame and guilt and fear. And it makes building those relationships and maintaining those relationships really, really hard. So as we look at the responsibilities of the elders, what I want you to see is that those require, those, these responsibilities require a growing, intimate, deep relationship with our shepherd Jesus and with each other Uh, kids you can listen for a story about a group of sheep who followed the wrong leader and how that turned out okay so let's look at these responsibilities of the elders the first thing we see is that the shepherd knows his sheep the elder knows his sheep david says in psalm 23 the lord is my shepherd this is a personal relationship. He doesn't just say he's a shepherd or the shepherd. He says he's my shepherd. So David was a shepherd and he knew his sheep. And he knew that the Lord was his shepherd. That he knew the Lord and the Lord knew him. There's a personal relationship there. When Jesus came to earth, he said the same thing. In John 10, 14 and 15, he said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So the relationship with the shepherds and the sheep starts with a relationship with God. It starts with having the Lord as your shepherd. So that's the first question I want to ask you. Is the Lord your shepherd? Do you have a deep, intimate, personal knowledge with the Lord of the universe who made you and takes care of you. That's where this relationship between the elders and the congregation begins. So the elders proclaim Jesus as the good shepherd. And God uses that proclamation to draw his sheep to him. His sheep hear his voice and they respond in faith. And the elders receive them in faith into local congregations, When we take members of our church, you make a profession of faith in Christ. You say, the Lord is my shepherd, amongst a lot of other things, right? And so the elders take them into the flock, and the elders take responsibility for caring for those sheep. These sheep are God's uh, valuable inheritance that has been entrusted to us. And so the elders seek to know these sheep Intimately, we, we want to know names and backgrounds, strengths and weaknesses, desires, sin, suffering, celebration, all those things. We want to we know you as the Lord knows you. And it's in that knowing that we can actually feed you. Um, Tyler Gray's here. He's one of our elders, but he's on sabbatical right now. Uh, he just had a fourth kid and as everybody who's fifth, oh my gosh, see, I can't even keep up with them. I lost count. See, Tyler had his fifth sheep that he added to his flock. And so he took a sabbatical. He's resting. Uh, but at one, Tyler told me this story. He said at one point uh, he went down to Florida and he got to worship in R.C. Sproul's church. If you don't know who R.C. Sproul is, he's a a theologian, he's a pastor, he's kind of a big deal in Reformed and Presbyterian circles. And so Tyler was excited to get to worship in his church, and he said the worship was amazing, it was awesome. But he said the most impressive thing about the whole morning was that after R.C. Sproul preached, he went to the back of the sanctuary to greet everybody as they left. And as they walked out, hundreds and hundreds of people, he knew the names of every single person in his congregation. He knew them. He knew his sheep. And it was this knowing that led him to feed the sheep the word of God. And that's the second thing we see that a shepherd does, is the shepherd feeds his sheep. Psalm 23 says, "'He makes me lie down in green pastures.'" That, that adjective green there is important because a green pasture is a good pasture to feed in. You wouldn't lead a sheep to a brown pasture if you were trying to feed him. You're going to lead him to a green pasture. Now, we all need food, right? From the moment that we wake up, we begin to think about food. At least the Hatfields do. Feeding is fundamental to living physically and growing. Well, it's also fundamental to, to living spiritually and to growing spiritually. God wants to to provide his people with the word that they need to grow spiritually. And he wants his shepherds to provide his people with the word. He even, um, he rebuked and judged the shepherds of Israel because they weren't feeding the sheep. And then as Charlie read in the call to worship, God promised that he would feed his sheep. When Jesus came, Jesus talked about feeding on the word of God. And then when he sent his disciples out, he sent them to minister to the lost sheep of Israel. And he told Peter, what did what he tell Peter to do? Feed my sheep. And so elders are people that feed on the word of God and then feed God's sheep the word. So elders in our church, um, they oversee the teaching ministry of the church. The preaching, teaching, Christian education in small groups. And through that whole thing, they they try to give the sheep a well-balanced diet. Everything that they need from the word of God. Uh, They may also feed the flock themselves. So I'm a teaching elder, so I kind of lead in this area. But our ruling elders also participate in leading small groups, leading Bible studies, doing one-on-one discipleship. Sometimes they teach and preach. I believe Tyler has preached a few times. So when you're looking for an elder, when you're looking for a shepherd, you have to ask yourself, does this man feed on the word of God? And can he feed me the word of God? Is this someone I would go to if I had a theological question? Is this someone I would go to if I needed spiritual nourishment or I needed counseling? We want elders that know us and can feed us personally and intimately. Um, I've seen this in my life, and it's been a huge benefit to me. Uh, one point that really sticks out, whenever I was in seminary, seminary is an overwhelming time uh, for for uh, pastors. People are trained to be a pastors. But, so you're, you're taking classes, you're working full-time, you're trying to be a faithful Christian, a faithful husband, a faithful friend, all these things. You just got a mountain of things, uh, responsibilities that are placed on you. And it can be overwhelming. And I remember one day I was... Um, I was walking and talking with my pastor and I was just sort of pouring my heart out about all the things that I was struggling with and how hard it was and how I I really wanted to be the best that I could be in all these different areas. And my pastor knew me. He knew my ambition. He knew my struggle with ambition and pride and self-sufficiency and results. He knew I was a very results-oriented person. And he looked at me and he said, Shane, you cannot get an A in everything. Pick the most important things. He knew me. He knew what I need to hear from the word. And he fed me what I need to hear from the word. A shepherd knows his sheep. A shepherd feeds his sheep. And then thirdly, a shepherd leads his sheep. Psalm 23 says in verses two and three, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So all people want and need direction. We need a purpose. We need goals. uh, We need to know where we're going in life. God's people were no different. And God led them, right? He led his people out of Egypt into the promised land. Jesus called his sheep to follow him. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said that he leads to the Father, And so as we follow Jesus, he gives us purpose and meaning in our lives. And elders lead out of a desire to see the congregation follow Jesus. Like Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And so elders or spiritual leaders are the people who are saying, hey, follow me as I follow Jesus. So the elders of our church lead the sheep thoughtfully and prayerfully. We steward the vision, mission, purpose, and policies of the church that we think God would have. It's not our church, it's his church. It's not our goal, it's his goal. And so we shepherd the people that God brings as we proclaim the gospel. The, the general activities of the church are laid out in the Bible, but the particulars are left to the wisdom of the elders and the flock. But the elders shepherd the flock. They lead them. Elders also lead to their godly character. Next week, we're going to spend a whole sermon talking about the godly character requirements that it takes to be an elder, so I'm not going to go in-depth there. But I will say that they lead by example in worshiping, giving, serving, and in building community in the church. And so when you're looking for an elder or you're looking for a spiritual leader, ask yourself, does this person follow Christ? Does he follow Jesus? Is it clear that Jesus is his shepherd or her shepherd? is his shepherd. And and can I follow him as he follows Jesus? And what that's going to do is that's going to put the position, the elders in a position where they're going to have to uh, lead in some very challenging and dirty places, because that's where Jesus leads us. I heard a story this week about a group of elders in the church, and they wanted to serve a local inner city school. So they went to the principal, they said, hey, we want to we want to serve your school. We want to help out. And she said, okay, that's great. Come on over and start visiting the, the school, and, and, and then we'll see what you guys can do. And so they went for about three weeks, and they just observed what was going on. And after about three weeks, they, they, the elders came. to The principal, they said, no, we really want to do something. Like, we want to get our hands dirty. How can we help you? And the principal said, well, see so here's the thing about our school. We, we're all females. There are no males in our school. But we have all these boy students. And every day they have to go to the bathroom, and we can't take them because we're females. And so they go to the bathroom by themselves, and they foul up the bathroom. I don't know if you've ever seen a, a little boy's or men's restroom. It's disgusting. Imagine the end of the day, a bunch of little boys walk into a school, the bathroom by themselves, and it's filthy. So the principal said, would you be willing to take these boys to the restroom and to show them how to use the restroom? And so, for three weeks, these elders had to go in there with the boys into this dirty, filthy place, and show them how to use the restroom. And after three weeks, they went back to the principal and said, "Okay, now can we do something for your school?" And they had earned the right to serve that school. And the, the, the principal said, "Sure, you can. You can lead Bible studies, and you can do service projects, and whatever else you want to do." You see, Jesus doesn't just lead us into the clean places; He leads us into the dirty places. And elders are people who are willing to go and serve in the dirty places. And, and sheep are willing to follow them into those places. So the shepherd knows the sheep. He, lead, he feeds the sheep. He leads the sheep. And then lastly, the elders protect the sheep. Psalm 23, verses four through six. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. for you are with me, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Safety is important in everything we do in life, right? Car safety, household safety, schools, roads, neighborhoods. We want everything to be safe. It's especially important for sheep, because I don't know if you know this, but sheep are really weak animals, and they're not the most intelligent, okay? They only have teeth on their bottom jaw, not on their top. So that means that the worst they can do to protect themselves is to give you a mean pinch, And if they have the wrong leader, they will follow them into destruction. I read a story this week uh, about uh, some sheep in Turkey. And there was one sheep who wandered off of a cliff and fell to his demise. Well, the other sheep began to follow him. So the next sheep fell and the next sheep fell and the next sheep fell and ended up that 1,500 sheep fell off this cliff. So several of them died because of it, but several lived because the mountain got so high that the fall was cushioned when the later sheep fell off the cliff. Sheep need leaders who can protect them. Humans Human sheep need good leaders. And the Bible tells us here in this passage that God is the source of uh, safety for his flock. That he is the one who walks through the valley of the shadow of death. He protects them. He comforts them. And when Jesus came to earth and he said, I am the good shepherd, he said, I am the one who will protect them. No one can snatch them out of my hand. And he sent his disciples out to protect the flock of God. And what Paul Um, established elders over the church in Ephesus, he commanded them to protect the flock, to care for them, to shepherd them, even at the cost of their own lives. And so elders are to protect the flock. How do they do that? They do that by warning them of false sheep who will distort the truth. Not everyone who uses the Bible does so for legitimate godly reasons. They will distort the truth and twist the truth to serve themselves, oftentimes for greedy gain. And so elders are to protect the sheep from that. They're also to protect them from uh, the cultural wolves of materialism, sensuality, pluralism, relativism, all the isms, and then just all the sinful temptations in our own heart. The elders are here to help the sheep keep their life and their doctrine pure. And so our elders, we want them to be in regular contact with the sheep. So all of our church, every, every member of our church is in a shepherding group, and every elder has a shepherding group that he's responsible for checking up on every four to six weeks to make sure that the sheep have everything that they need, that he knows them, that he cares for them, that he can protect them well. And so we need uh, more and more elders to serve in that role because that requires real, intimate, personal relationships. So that's what the elders do. That's what shepherds do. They, they know the sheep, feed the sheep, lead the sheep, and protect the sheep. Um, that is a, a challenge. It's a challenge for the shepherds and it's a challenge for the sheep. Uh, but it is a joy and it is a privilege. Right? You, get to, uh, walk, you get to share the gospel with people get to watch them make professions of faith you get to see the spiritual fruit develop in their lives you get to walk side by side them through um, graduations promotions marriages births new friendships all these wonderful sort of momentous life stages and you also get the privilege of walking with them through pain and suffering um, not long ago, I got a, I got an urgent phone call from one of my former students, and the student called me, and in the unthinkable, had happened. He found out that his spouse had cheated on him. He said, Shane, what do I do? I said, you need to call your elders now, because you can't do this alone, and I can't help you from Tulsa. You need your elders And so he called his elders, and his elders came over, a a teaching elder and a ruling elder. They came over. They sat down with him. They walked him him through how to confront his spouse. And they did that, and they cared for both of them, and they applied the the medicine of the gospel to both of them in that situation. And then they walked step by step with them through the challenging days ahead. They put together a care team to minister to them. Uh, They paid for counseling. They connected them to addiction recovery programs. They instituted church discipline. They committed themselves to shepherding these sheep through the, the, the darkest days. And slowly, over time, they began to heal. And God began to use that process to restore their relationship with God and their relationship to each other. And their marriage was healed, it was saved. But it took a relationship, an intimate relationship where there was knowing, feeding, leading, and protection that could take place. We know that sin and suffering are going to happen in our lives. We know that. We know that. So here at our church, we're not going to pretend like it's not going to happen. We know there's going to be wonderful, awesome, glorious things in life. We also know there's going to be sin and suffering. And the sheep and the shepherds commit to walking through those two things together in relationship. That's beautiful, isn't it? But it's also hard, and it's also scary. Remember we talked about earlier, relationships are hard to grow, they're hard to maintain, and sin destroys them. We're we're all kind of like my kids, when we first moved into our new neighborhood, right? We we move in the new neighborhood, my kids, they want to make friends They're they're talking about how we want to have these neighborhood friends that we go out and play with. And I say, well, great. There's There's a family of kids that lives right across the street. Go talk to them. Go initiate a relationship with them. No, 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 we can't do that. And we're all like that. Deep down inside, we want these intimate, deep, personal relationships in the church and outside of the church. But we're so afraid of the challenges of initiating those relationships. We need someone to draw us out. We need someone to change our hearts. We need someone to heal us. And that's what Jesus does in the gospel. Jesus came to earth as our chief shepherd. He lived in heaven with with the Father and the Spirit in perfect union, in perfect joy. And yet, he came down from heaven to become a sheep to live a dependent, weak relationship with his father on earth. He gave up perfect knowledge to have a a, a limited being here on earth. uh, He gave up that intimate knowledge of of being with the face of God to be here. He, He fed on God's word like one of God's sheep. He let God lead him. He let God protect him. And where did that lead him to? It led him all the way to the cross. And on the cross, he died a sacrificial death. The chief shepherd, the good shepherd, became a sacrificial sheep. Why? Because all we like sheep had gone astray. Each of us had turned to his own way, and God had to have someone to pay for that sin. And so God himself came down and he paid it for us. If you're a sheep who has wandered, what we offer you today is the good shepherd who gave his life for the sheep because he loves them. And then he rose from the grave so that he could protect them and care for them. And when you see the kindness and compassion of the shepherd, that's what draws you out. Heard a story this week about... um, Captain Swinson, who was in Afghanistan on September 8th in 2009, uh, there were uh, U.S. and Afghan troops uh, that were going out to meet with a group of Afghan elders. And when they showed up, the Taliban was there, and there was a surprise attack on all these soldiers. And so they had to go in and they had to rescue these soldiers. Uh, There was five Americans and ten Afghans who were lost in the fight. Uh, But there, uh, in that time, was Captain William Swinson. And uh, you can see on the video of the situation, there's a MedVac helicopter that flies in. There's fire and fighting going all around. And Captain Swenson made several trips into the fire and into the fight to rescue his soldiers. And on the video, you see he goes into the fight. He grabs one of the soldiers. He brings him into the MedVac. He puts him there. And then in a moment of incredible compassion and kindness, he leans over and kisses him on the head. And he goes back to the battle. He sacrificed his own life for his sheep that he loved. Jesus sacrificed his own life for you and for me so that we could be his sheep and so that we could be his shepherds. And the more you see how much Jesus loved you and how much he sacrificed to bring you into that relationship, the more you'll be willing to sacrifice your own needs, your own wants, your own desires, your own independence, to live in a relationship with each other, to live in a relationship with your elders, and to be the kind of elder that can actually do the things that we've just talked about. You have to have Jesus as your good shepherd. So let's go to the Lord and pray that we would see him as our good shepherd together.